Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Welcome back, buddy. I'm back. Back from Cebu. We're glad that, well, you went to more places than just Cebu, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I went to Hong Kong. That How was, was that? pretty cool, too. Yeah. It, it was cool. um, it's a lot like New York, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Really crowded and expensive? Giant city. It was awesome. It was yeah. Cool. Is cool. that the first time you've been there? First time, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you went Seventh time in Cebu. First time in Hong Kong. Oh, that's right. You went to Singapore last time. Yeah. So welcome back and uh, another trip to Cebu to visit the full-scale office for yeah. those of you that... Our first-time listeners, Matt and I, are business partners at a company called Full Scale, and we help people build software. Is that, That's right. Is, is it a short way to put it? Got a couple yeah. hundred employees in Cebu City in the Philippines. But anyway, Matt, welcome back. You know, we 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 kept this thing going while you were gone. That's good. Yeah, I'm glad I'm easily replaceable. You're not. You're not. Um, it requires a little bit of effort, which is just a notch above easy. <laughs> so, and also working on like an an AI. A, a map bot. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Perfect. Yes, you heard I've it. I've been here. trying to clone myself you, for years. You heard it here first. We will be launching a map bot soon. Well, anyway, um, I've got a special announcement today. Really? Yeah, man. Something really? I've been working on for a long time. And, you know, I'd love to build some mystery behind it. I, You already know what it is. I do? Yeah, kind of. Did you write another book? I did, man. Book number three. That's awesome. Coming out. Um, do I have to read it? No, you haven't read the first two, so why 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 break <laughs> why break a trend? But I'm pretty excited about this one. You know, it's uh um it's been a couple years in the making. It's a, a little change of pace from my first two books. Um, it's uh, titled "The Realist Guide to a Successful Music Career." That's really awesome. So what that's do really I cool. what do I know about a music career? Well, that's a good question. It it is, and it and it isn't. Um, I guess that's why you interviewed all the experts who do. Yeah. Well, I, first off, to give a little explanation, I've co-authored this book with a good friend of mine and now my co-author, Joel Cummins, who's the keyboardist in a band called Umphreys McGee. Um, Umphreys McGee's had played about 2,500 live shows over 20 years. Pretty impressive. They're kind of a big deal. They are. And a lot of people haven't heard of them and a ton of people have. And, you know, they've played in, uh, for crowds as large as 40, 50,000, which is a lot. Not not as many as came to our live podcast recording. That's right. Yeah. We're a way bigger deal. Yeah. Probably not. We're getting there. Right? Speaking of speaking of, of that, for those of you that are listening, thank you. You have pushed us into the top 200 of all business podcasts on Apple. That's pretty cool. Considering how many podcasts there are, I'm I'm cool with that. So, so since Apple is killing iTunes, does that mean they're killing our podcast? No, they're, uh, they are going to do different apps. So there's be like the music <laughs> app, the podcast app, and the movies uh, app. So anyway, back to books, which don't have an app on Apple. Um, yeah, we've been working on this for a while. And, you know, for those of you that uh, aren't familiar with my history, long before I was working for myself, I actually worked in the music industry for a little over eight years. I managed a chain of retails, or I helped manage a chain of retail stores, um, and then later worked for Roland, and Roland's the world's largest manufacturer of electronic musical instruments. They did, you know, it's crazy. Most people don't realize how big that company is. They do like four and a half billion. That's crazy. That's a lot, isn't it? 
and and some other back history. So Roland's a really interesting company. They are all digital stuff. Uh, their founder invented MIDI, musical instrument yeah. digital interface. And like when you played Nintendo, like Super Mario Brothers, all the sounds for that were like Roland's original MIDI library. That's crazy. Which So they do a lot of different stuff, um, make a ton of guitar pedals, keyboards, things like that. So I got a very um, interesting view of the music industry from the side of musical instruments. And the big thing with this book and the music industry in general is, you know, like most of it isn't what you see on stage. It's like an iceberg, I guess, like a lot of things are. So you see some people on stage and like, what was the last event you went to? You went to a concert with me. Well, you oh, we went to go see talk, 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 or talk, talk. And that, okay. So that was a small show, but you saw how much work those oh, guys yeah. were doing. Cause we stayed and talked to him a little bit after and, and even on the bigger shows, like at, when we go down to the Sprint Center or something, and you see how much, just how much work is going into putting that on. There I mean, is they were only putting on a show for was like six hundred people, yeah. something like that. So it was a small little venue. So a lot of work. But they still had a huge production yeah. going on. Yeah, a lot of work. They had a lot of lights, a lot of stuff like that, and a lot of equipment. And you know, in the music industry. Um, well, the the angle that we're coming in with this is so. First off, Joel's got this just massive history of 20 years of touring but at one point you know that their band was a startup mm-hmm. and bands are startups that's too. right um, we've even had a couple bands here on the podcast we've had joel on the podcast we've had the members of aqueous in and they're kind of a um newer version of what umphreys mcgee might have been a while ago but that's a lot of work so where does someone who hosts a podcast about startups and run business, you know, where, do, how do we bring that into the book? Well, we do exactly that. Like your band is a startup and you have to treat it like a business or you're not going to succeed. Well, that's what's cool about it is, is the book is focused on all the different angles of how to make a successful music career and sure. how, how to learn from what other people have done. And, um, one of them was a healthy hip hop, right? It was a great yeah. example. Yep. Yep. We put a section in there about Roy. So Roy's in there and Roy and healthy hip hop are in there and they're uh, actually kind of a pivot story because Roy's whole story is a pivot. You know, he was a, a gangster rapper who then heard his, his own lyrics coming out of his child's mouth and was appalled. He said, man, I got to do something different. Yeah. He's had an interesting journey and now. I mean, that's technically a tech platform. It's something we've invested in and believe in. And, you know, there's a lot of different routes and paths. So, I mean, as far as the book goes, actually, the first thing we start with is talking about, you know, the like, is this for you? Is this the right? Is this the right thing for you? Like, what do you want to do? What are your goals? And there's so many things that you have to consider. And some of it's like similar to picking your business partners. That's been a hot topic on this, on the show. We've did a whole episode about it. Good business partners and bad business partners. Do the people you're playing music with want to do the same thing that you do? Well, and does it start out by saying this is hard as hell? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like every startup. Yep. It It literally says your likelihood of, you know, playing in the football stadium up the streets, minimal. Yeah. It's like microscopic. And, um, and also it's defining what you believe success is because much like certain businesses, like you, I, there's small businesses everywhere. Um, some one, one, your version of success and my version of success and wh- what makes us feel happy and, and fulfilled 
is going to be a lot different than others. So I mean, that, your your odds of selling out the Sprint Center, which is kind of like a no, for those who don't know, it's like a venue here in KC that holds like twenty thousand people. Yeah. Like your odds of being as successful to be able to sell that out are not very good, right? There, I mean, I don't even know how we would put a number on that, but and, it's it's and an then million, you have somebody, one in millions. Yeah. Then you have somebody like Garth Brooks who sells it out nine nights in a row. Yeah. Which is and, another and, league above. And on top of that, sells <laughs> millions and millions of records yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, and that's another thing, too, is, you know, the music industry's changed. We just mentioned Apple is nixing iTunes. You know why? Because people don't buy downloads it's anymore. It's all subscription. It's all streaming. Yeah. And so that model's changed. The whole recording industry's changed. You know, people used to, like, okay, um, in 90, 1993 is when I graduated from high school. That's how old I am. CDs. CDs were big. People were actually selling records and albums. So, and by the way, now that we are actually creating a healthy recording, you can probably count along with me how often Matt yawns while I'm, it's always while I'm talking. I know. And the problem is, is it's contagious. Yeah. So after every podcast episode, I have to yawn for like six straight minutes we need to do the podcast standing or something so I can dance and stay awake. We saw a video of you dancing and it's, it's it was awesome. It was. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is not a section in the book about your dancing. That's good. That's good. Um, That's good. But you know, going back into the changes in businesses, you oftentimes have to pivot and the music industry had to do that. It was used to selling huge amounts of records and revenue came from selling right. albums. And now, so how, all right, how much do you think the average, uh, royalty payment is for a, 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 if, when you play something on Spotify, what do you think the artist gets when you play something on Spotify? Oh, I'm going to guess it's like one hundredth of a penny. You're a little low, but it's a, it's a roughly half a penny, half a penny, maybe up to like eight tenths of a penny. So is that if you stream the whole album or one song? You got to listen for 30 seconds to one song to one song. And well, that's, that's what'll check the box. So, so that Baby Shark song's making a lot of money. Uh, maybe. Are people streaming <laughs> that through Spotify? I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Okay. So are you a Spotify subscriber? Absolutely. You know, yeah. It's funny. I'm not. I, I need to be. Yeah. I need to be so I can sign into the new mixtape app that's coming out. Yeah. And you yeah. can stream Baby Shark over and over for your daughter. You know, I was watching the Royals game yesterday, and one of the players from the Rangers has that as his walk-up song. Great. Which I think is cruel. You've got... The tens of thousands of people in a stadium and then you play baby shark which is like a song you get stuck in your head that you don't want in your head so anyway yeah start a book out talk about an industry talk about its changes and then that's really where joel turns on the afterburners um i have not uh, <laughs> my wife pointed out that between joel and i we do have over 2500 live performances under our belt well yeah yeah now that <laughs> is about 2,450 for Joel and I think three. I mean, between the two of you, you've sold out Red Rocks a lot a of times. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. We have, yes. So, oh man, so true. But so, so with that, in all of the books that I've written, I like to have conversations. You're in one of my books yeah. where we sat down and we had a conversation about your story with Venn Solutions and how it was relevant. And in the book, Million Dollar Bedroom, it was the whole premise of the book is like, hey, look, here are people are our stories about how we started something small and it became big. 
like Ben Solutions was originally in your home. Started in my basement. Dad was an employee extra bedroom. one. Yeah, yeah, and dad was employee one. And that's the same thing. So, you know, I mean, everything starts small. I mean, for the most part. And, you know, now anyway, so we like to have people that have industry experience. And this is where this book, this is where this starts to get really interesting. Joel brought some really great people into this man. I mean, our forwards written by the sax player from Dave Matthews band. I mean, that's like for our lifetimes, one of the top 20, both probably concert grossing artists and album selling mm-hmm. artists. And just even being a member in that band is a big deal. Yeah, so and Jeff was really impressed with what we did. Um, he wrote the forward. Very happy to have that. We have some other people. So then the next goal was we've got to get a wide swath of people. You want to get people from different things that do different stuff. So, you know, and some of our listeners might even be too young to know the name Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember Huey, you have to. Like, I don't remember him, but I just know the name. Okay. So Huey Lewis, like Back to the Future. Yeah, I remember The Power that. of Love. Yeah, I remember that. Like, dude, Huey Lewis was huge. I mean, and this is in a time when albums were still selling. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, in Huey's interview, he starts, he's saying, I, and Joel sits down with him, and I listen to the to the recording. He goes, I'm just going to start by telling you, I don't know a goddamn thing about the modern music industry. But, you know, he brought some insight from an old school mentality and how things have changed. Um, someone else, Taylor Hicks. Do you know who that is? Yeah. He won season season five of American Idol. So a completely different angle, still a big deal. Um, And, you know, season five, that's when that was really popping. Right. And, um, you know, up until then it it was, you know, Taylor was a little different because, you know, he had gray hair at the time. Uh He was a little older Uh and, you know, he's moved on to be a very successful solo performing act. And he hosts a really popular travel and cooking show. So, which might be a path for you soon. Yeah. As much as you're traveling. I don't know. I've seen your cooking though. I saw your kids spit <laughs> something out and that was no, no good. Okay. And so then with that, you want to try, we wanted for diversity as well. So I don't know if you even know the name Susan Tedeschi. Mm-mm. Okay. So Susan Tedeschi is probably the most famous female guitarist in the world. Okay. And she is in the Tedeschi and trucks band. So Derek Trucks is the son of a member of the Allman Brothers. Okay. And he's a, a ma- and they're married and they tour together. Okay. And he's an amazing guitarist. He's really good too. And has some interesting facts. He was, when, uh, as a kid, he won like the world Scrabble championship, like five or six years in a row. Oh, weird. Yeah. He's apparently pretty smart. I bet he has a big vocabulary to do that. Yeah, I bet. So we got her in there, uh, Victor Wooten, uh, other than Flea of the Chili Peppers, Vic is probably the most famous bass player out there. Okay. Um, and these are like names that, you know, it's it, this is my point is you get the names that are often on the marquee. And then there's the 99.9% of other people making it happen. Now, these are still marquee names. Um, Ivan Neville of the Neville Brothers. No, never heard of Okay. Him. So big R&B. Um, bringing in other people that are related. So uh, once again, you're probably not going to recognize this name, but Chuck Lavelle. So Chuck Lavelle was the music director for the Rolling Stones. Okay. I mean, we've heard of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now they do sell, sell out football stadiums. Still? Yeah. That's crazy. They did. They were just here a couple of years ago. And it was funny because they came on the, they were here the same night that Umphreys McGee uh-huh. played in Kansas City, which 
isn't probably great for your uh, live show sales. So there's other people in the book too that that we added in um, that you know come from a history of the industry, like you know uh, Pete Shapiro. So Pete is a huge promoter. Um, a, a, about five, I think it was five or six years ago, the Grateful Dead did a 50th anniversary tour or did a couple shows uh it sold out soldier field a couple nights wow and that's a big crowd i mean a big crowd. i've been there to see ed churn yeah and it's huge big place huge was it sold out for a churn absolutely huge so putting that together and now those tickets were like the Ed Sheeran tickets were probably like 99 bucks, 59 bucks, stuff like that. That for that event, they were like 300. Hmm. Big, big, big gate. Um, now Jerry Garcia died in 94. So they had Trey Anastasio from fish sit in and do Jerry's part, which was a big deal for people that are in that genre. But putting that kind of stuff together is so Pete's also the found or the, um, he, he's, the publisher for relics magazine. He owns several different venues. He's got a lot of really great insight. We, uh, Sid Schwartz. So he's a, the VP of, of digital at Sony. Okay. Big deal. Yeah. Important stuff to say. Alicia Carlin is on the promotion side. So festivals are a big, are a big thing, right? Big gross. And it's important for bands to get in front of festivals because, you talk about bands. That, all right. So we went and saw talk and mm-hmm. there was like five or 600 people there. They'll go play at a festival and they'll expose their products to right. thousands, thousands, if not yeah. tens of thousands. So those are big deals. And the festivals also pay really well. Mm-hmm. So Alicia Carlin works for a company that um, does festival work. Okay. Then, so now you've got, so that's a lot of stuff record. And, you know, Joel takes us through the whole act of like, here's the things you want to know about. Here's the things you want to do. There's simple, like things that the whole premise of the book is also like, what if someone had just told me that would have been so much easier. So I'll give you an example. Like most bands aren't trying to book Fargo, North Dakota in January. No. Right. So go book Fargo, Fargo, North Dakota in January. Cause all the competition is down in Florida trying to book a show in Boca or somewhere like that. So taking, and that's that cowardly approach, like make yourself the marquee item and just different things too. Like, uh, like here's a, here's a term for you touring and concentric circles. It's planning. And, and you know, you like these bands that are growing are planning the venues that they're going to play in next year and the following year and whatever. And they have like, three, four, five year plans. They have business plans just like everyone else. It's interesting. Growing their fan base. It's the exact same thing as a startup or any other business. Growing region by region. Yeah. And and that concentric circ, you know, tours is like, for example, uh, okay, so we have Lawrence, Kansas, 40 minutes away from here. Right. You wouldn't want to go play there in the summer. There's no one in college there. That's right. They all went home for the summer. That's right. So you might hit Kansas City in the summer and do a show here and then you hit Lawrence in November or whatever and just different stuff like that and having an actual plan. And I think a lot of people, and there's some other things too, that 
Um, I just found so many things in this book to align with a lot of the things that we've discussed, even here on the show, you talk about personality styles and stuff like that. Like if you're, if you're in a band with someone and they're driving you crazy in month one, how do you think that's going to go in month six? Not good. How about year six? Not good. Yeah. And then also if people don't want the same thing, like if your founders aren't well aligned, well, you're going to have an issue. If you've got one person that doesn't want to travel and tour and do stuff like that, well, you're a local or regional act at best. Because if your drummer isn't going to go with you on the road, you're going to have a hard time playing music. That's right. Are you a good drummer? Uh, you know, I was. You are on the table of the podcast. I was studio. in like a seventh or eighth grade. Were you really? Were yeah. you in, did you play drums? I did. Are, can you still play? Played the snare drum. Just the snare? That's it. Oh. So you're good at counting to four? Uh, not anymore. Are you good at counting past four? No. Three? Uh, Trace. Oh, wow. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. You do have the voice of an angel, though. I do. Um, so I can't yeah. dance. I can't play the drums, but I can sing. So, you know, and then there's a lot of stuff that's related to that. And then you get into the part where I began to have a little more input in the book. So I kind of bookended this thing. But what happens when you find out that you're not going to be a rock star? What's plan B? There's a lot. There's a lot. You could work in the music industry. There's jobs in education. There's music tech. There's broadcasting. There's production. There's live production. You know, recording, A and R, like all marketing. So you give people a lot of different ideas of yeah. where they could take their career. Yeah, in the end, and that's basically there is a you know basically not basically there is a chapter that's like so you're not going to be a rock star right now, right? And I think like I, you could have a podcast. Yeah, well, and that's actually you know we're going to do an episode soon about podcast stats because they'll shock you. It's like 70 million people listening to podcasts. But with that, there's a ton of noise. 10,000 new shows coming out a week right now. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. That's why I'm saying just thank you for everyone that's listened and helped boost this, our rankings a little bit. Like it's humbling just to see us in the top 200 because it's pretty cool. 200 is like out of like 2 million. Yeah. So that's like pretty high. Now, I think we've got some stiff competition ahead of us. When are we going to go on the road with our podcast and sell out stadiums? I'm working on it. Dude. Okay. I'm working right. on it. We're, working we're, on. we're going to first start. We did it once. We had 90,000. Divided by. Was it 90? Divided by 1,000. I think it was 90. Yeah. 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 It's okay to do that, right? Yeah. Divide it by 1,000. Yeah. Or Ooh, that's a, that's way That's the way we'll write it. We'll live attendance, 90,000 dash 1,000. <laughs> Divided by Yeah. And we'll let the people do that. We'll let people try to figure out what that means. But it, it's, well, you talk. So here's, and I didn't even hit on this. So the, the recording industry, if you can't stream a million streams, you better be able to, you better be able to sell tickets. Well, it seems like these days they make so much of their money by doing live shows. That you have to. Yeah. That's the whole thing. So, you know, and then as, you know, we get into some of the things that, that Joel really excels at, at giving advice on is how do you pull that off? There's a lot of work, man. It, 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 and I think you're going to come. Well, you won't. The, the night you go, they won't be setting up or tearing anything down. But it's shocking, like, the, how organized. I, I've seen Humphreys McGee. Like, they just ha they have a semi-truck full of stuff. Right. And, like, those cases go on in the order they came off and, like, everything. 
And there's a science to it. It, it, it has to be. And that's part of the thing too, for the musicians, like they can't think about that. They, they need to walk on stage and make it happen. So we actually got uh, Robbie Williams. He's the tour manager or not the tour manager. He's the stage manager. Talk to him about that. How do you keep track of all this stuff, man? Interviewed him and for the book. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we try to find learn out. about everything. In the book. Yeah. We talked to Vince Awinski. He's the, he's Humphrey's manager. And he's been with them from the beginning. I think he came on around show 50. Wow. Which is pretty funny because at the time I said, I asked Joel, I said, what is something that, what's a, uh, what's a memory in the timeline? He, he goes, well, we had just booked our first show in Chicago at the Elbow Room, which holds like 250 people. Hmm. And uh, yeah, there's some funny quotes in there related to that. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, it's just, we even talked to Kevin Browning. Kevin, uh, was originally the, the sound guy on the road with them. And now he's become a co-manager and they do just a lot of stuff. I, I'll tell you what, I'm as, as impressed with Humphreys McGee as a business as I am with a band. So who do you hope reads this book? How really? are you, how Any, you guys going to distribute this book? It's coming out on Amazon. Um, actually on, uh, June 19th, I'll be in Denver and where we're going to, uh, the first hundred copies are going out to people that have bought tickets to a charity show. Okay. So Joel is doing a, a private charity concert to raise money for charity. Okay. Um, I mean, are you guys hoping that this book will be in every music store in the country or it's kind of TBD, man. You know, it's, it's weird. You don't really know with these things. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Amazon three out of four books get purchased on Amazon. I mean, who's the book for the really that? Seventy five percent of isn't books? that crazy? Yeah, that's where people go to buy them, and 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 then now it's trending closer to sixty percent of book sales are electronic Kindle. So Amazon really has just kind of. I guess I'm old school. I don't read books, but if I do read one, I, I want, want one in my I, hand. I do. I try to get into the Kindle, and I I just have a hard time with it. And another thing too is like Audible. So right. we'll have Audible coming out and about that and you know i i do quite honestly expect this book to be number one in its category um at least for a while uh some of that how is related to the depth of competition there's not a ton of books out there the ones that are related to it just don't have that's, the kind of people that's in the it thing that about books and some other things to me that uh, i don't quite understand though is like how do people know that the book even exists that's great you know, yeah like getting it out there man it's tough there's that's the whole thing uh, by the way you want to talk about how you we were mentioning how many new podcasts come out every year so it's estimated that in 2019 1.35 million new books will come out wow dude think about that and then stack that on the entire history of literature that's what i mean so if this is a great book for anybody who wants to be in the music industry it's like how do how do you how do they know it exists you know yeah. this is a valuable tool for them even if you guys don't necessarily make a lot of money selling the book, it's just like, how do you get this awesome knowledge in the hands of these people? And, and that's the challenge that we're going to have to figure out. Um, we, we really did try to write this in a way that um, wasn't dated, you know, meaning like it had some shelf life, mm -hmm. not just like, hey, in 2019, you should do this. Right. And, you know, the good part about, uh, about books now is it's really easy to update. Yeah, especially if it's all, all electronic or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, and I've mentioned this before, Amazon prints books out one at a time. Which is crazy. Well, they don't, and they don't do that fully. Like, I think that as they start to understand what the sales pattern is going to be, they may print out more of them 
and kind of keep them on hand, but it's just crazy that. So yeah, so the first hundred are going to come out. Um, we are determining our our full launch date. We were hoping that the first hundred came out before Umphreys did their three nights at Red Rocks. It doesn't appear as if that may occur. It's pro- so we're probably going to do the full launch somewhere in in the night in the nineteenth. Here, look, I can show you. Here's that's the actual whole book, the front and the back. Looks cool. It yeah, looks it good. does it look good. good. It does look good. So yeah, and the, you know, and like I said, in the end of the book, we kind of we go through what are some of your options. Um, and I think that that is something that a lot of the readers will be able to take a lot, a lot from, you know, here's some different options, things you may not have considered. Like I, when I worked for Roland, I was very much a part of the music industry. Mm -hmm. I was in music stores all day, every day for years. And, you know, like that, that's important. That's important. Someone, you went and bought your first, whatever, that you, your son has an affinity for music. He does. He likes to play uh, and, piano. And, and he's good at it. He's pretty good. Yeah. So you had to go at some point to buy that instrument. Yeah. And the, and the people that are there at that store, in my opinion, have a lot to do with that success or failure. And some of that's just through the power of recommendation. Like mm-hmm. people come in, they're like, Hey, my kid, I want to put my kid in piano lessons. What's the cheapest thing I can buy? That was me. And they buy a dumpy little keyboard. It doesn't feel like a piano. It doesn't sound good. It's not fun to play. It's frustrating and it's portable. So it ends up under the bed and it's hard to set it up and play. And that creates more path of resistance to actually doing it. So if you're coming in and you're talking to me, I'm going to say, look, I understand you want to keep it affordable. There's ways that we can still do that. But you just know that this is the likely path that could occur if this is the instrument that you choose to use and like guitars are the same way. Like you don't want to buy a kid an expensive guitar, but a piece of shit guitar is really hard to keep in tune. Sure. Doesn't sound good. Doesn't feel good. Blah, blah, blah. So there's some things to it and, you know, it really just depends. And, you know, maybe if I'm not saying that my opinion's right or, or not, but there's merit to what I just said. So yeah, we go to go into that and kind of finish the book out with talking about the different things you can do ways to possibly pursue those. And there's a long, long list of that Um, peppered throughout the book at the end of every chapter, there's a conversation with different people. And, you know, like I said, once again, Huey Lewis, Susan Tedeschi, Chuck LaBelle, Victor Wooten, Taylor Hicks, Ivan Neville, Jake Sinninger, Sinninger, Nikki Glaspie, by the way, that's Beyonce's drummer. Who's won five Grammys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Pete Shapiro, Alicia Carlin, Vince Winsky, Kevin Browning, Sid Schwartz, uh, Chris Galbuto. We didn't talk about Chris. He's a famous songwriter. He's okay. written tons of songs. He's in Nashville. And that's just another example. There's a lot of brilliant songwriters out there that are, and I'm not saying that Chris isn't a great musician because he is, but it doesn't happen for everyone in that way. Right. So there's a, you know, you may be an elite talent at doing something, or whatever. Um, you know, Jake Senninger is a great example. That's the guitarist from Humphreys and a friend of mine and someone I really admire, but he was originally in a band called Avalanche in Nashville. And that was almost like a team of hired guns. Uh, the, the la- music label had kind of put them together as a country band. And then the singer died in a car accident. Oh, wow. They were, he was like destined for country stardom hmm. and they and they were on the way to that. And then boom, like in a blank of an eye, it's gone. Wow. And just, you know, anyway. So, yeah, a lot of stuff with that. You know, I'm looking at the back of the book. It says uh, Matt DeCourse is the author of Million Dollar Bedroom and Balance Me, the co-host of the Startup Hustle podcast, the co 
founder and CEO of Full Scale, an international company with hundreds of employees. Wow. Yeah. Do we have hundreds of employees? We do, actually. Okay. You didn't know that? Yeah, that's crazy. 185. Does that count as hundreds? I figured by the time this book, <laughs> I figured by the time the book actually came out that it was going to be passed like out, 20 so, more. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to someone, um, speaking of music, I made it through the Jojo Siwa concert with my daughter. I don't even know who that is. Child Disney kid. By the way, for those of you that were concerned, Jojo Siwa did in fact find her unicorn. Oh, wow. And they did successfully locate dreamland. It was a close call. Did she ride the unicorn? No, it was a close call. You can't all. ride a unicorn. I thought that was like she, no, but she does speak unicorn. Whoa. So the unicorn came out on stage and whispered in her ear, and then she made some weird noises into the microphone, and then talked to the unicorn. They got a plan together. They successfully executed the plan of finding Dreamland, and we all survived. Wow. I didn't realize when I took my kid to see JoJo Siwa that it was like a life-threatening situation. Huh. But, it was. but you survived. I'm here. That's I'm amazing. Here. I'm here. My kid danced for 90 straight minutes. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I went, uh, we had a, a daddy daughter date night. Um, our uh, prior guest, Davion Ross from Shot Tracker, we took our daughters uh... and had a couple other dads and daughters. And we were like the only dudes there. <laughs> There weren't a whole lot of dudes, but yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you're going to go to a show like that, be prepared for a lot of high-pitched screaming. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm glad I missed that one. You know, the best part about, about um, in some of those cases is like, there's no line for the dude's room. <laughs> so if your kid's like, I got to go potty, you like, you're like right in. And then there's like a two mile line. Oh yeah. For the women's the room. room yeah. man. Well, man book coming out. Congrats. Looking forward. Thanks. Thanks. Um, it's funny because the whole time I've written all three books, I'm like, I'm not going to write another one. So what's next? I don't know. I'm probably going to write something. I'm thinking a couple different titles, by the way, check us out on Instagram at startup hustle podcast. Ah, yeah. We, Is there my dancing on while that? you were gone. We started an Instagram page. All right. We needed one. We've already got 450 people following so us. So now you can see the podcast that you can't. No. Some of it's just so we can uh, share pictures yeah. of, of you. I I did post this. I got a, oh, I, I took a that. selfie yes. of myself yes. with Matt Watson in the background taking a selfie of himself. That's right. So a selfie and a selfie. If you can get a selfie and a selfie, really, of anyone, the more creative, the better. You get bonus points. Feel free to tag us at Startup Hustle Podcast right. to share your selfie and selfies. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.